Hi, everyone. This is UCL Careers Podcast, Future Talk. And my name is Amy Lorenko, Senior Careers Consultant at UCL. On this podcast, which is powered by UCL Minds, we will be talking with professionals in different sectors about their career journeys and insights in relation to employability topics. This series is packed with guests who are change makers and innovators in their respective industries and was created by the engineering careers team to help our students and graduates find out more about various professional experiences. Each episode will have a guest who will share their professional insights and provide valuable information relating to careers. The episodes will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud on a weekly basis. On today's episode, I'm so pleased to be able to introduce our guest, Ursula Barr. She is a category manager for quality power and protection products at Schneider Electric, a global company providing energy and automation digital solutions for efficiency and sustainability, and has worked with them since 2018. She graduated from the University of Sheffield in 2018 with a master's in electronic and electrical engineering. Welcome to the podcast, Ursula, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Amy. Glad to be here. It's great to have you on this sunny day. Um, so could you tell us, firstly, what is a category manager? Yes, so this is a question I get a lot. It's, it's not the most obvious of job titles. So it's essentially a product manager, but looking after um, an entire group of products and systems that go alongside it. So to kind of go in a bit more detail what product manager is as well, um, it's someone who looks after um, products from both the commercial and operational perspective. So you're kind of the middleman for everything to do with a certain range of products. So if someone had a question on its like technical capabilities or how to bring it to market, what, who, what, what the actual features are and the messaging behind it, it's, it brings all of that together and basically facilitates a usage and sales and marketing of the products. Amazing. So it sounds like it's a bit of a hybrid of a technical and non-technical role. Have I got that right? Yes, definitely. I mean, most people who are in the same role as me tend to have an engineering background. I mean, for me, it was, I did an electrical electronic engineering degree but off the back of that, tried a few different roles and things and looked at different job opportunities, but found that I kind of gravitated a bit more towards the, um, the commercial side of things as well. But without that technical knowledge, I wouldn't have been able to take on this role. So it's very interesting to have taken an engineering degree and not done something that's directly engineering related, but still relies on the same knowledge. Yeah, that is really interesting. And how did you find out about the job? Was it a job that you knew about before you applied? No, I had no idea that the job existed whenever I was in university. Um, But what essentially happened was I started at Schneider Electric on the graduate scheme. So the graduate scheme I did, it was three, four months, four month placements throughout the company. So I did a um, couple of marketing, um, some kind of in the birth business development, some in tendering as well. And it basically you move around the company and you get the experience of different parts of the business. And at the end of the 12 months, so you've done your three, month, uh, three four month placements, then the company releases kind of a job list for all the graduates to apply to. So it was one of the ones on the list. and. I'll be honest, even whenever the list came out, it wasn't the first one that caught my eye, but it was 
after kind of digging a bit deeper into what the role actually was and speaking to the the other managers in the team and other team members like people have a similar role even in different parts of the company I realized it was actually as very well suited to it it's kind of exactly what I wanted to be doing but from the job title no it wasn't something that I was immediately drawn to Wow, that's really interesting. So it just um, shows me how that sort of rotational aspect of the graduate scheme really helped you to like inform your kind of decision about where you are today. Yes, definitely. If someone had asked me at the start of the graduate scheme where I'd be at the end of it, I would have said quite a technical role, maybe more on the engineering side of things. And in a company like Schneider Electric, that's very possible to end up there. But I uh, noticed that it worked out that this is what suited me better. And it was good to be able to have the experience and work with different teams and just try work that some of it that I wouldn't want to do now. But it it gave me the information to be able to say that's, that's something that I thought was for me is maybe not the best route. Fantastic. Um, so before you joined that graduate scheme, did you have any sort of um, non-engineering or engineering technical related work experience or, or skills that you think kind of proved valuable in getting you onto that graduate programme? Um, well, work experience wise, my, my majority of work experience before, um, before I started here was in bars and cafes and in different shops and things. But even though they're they're quite entry-level jobs, they're not something that you need a degree to be able to do, you don't need to be studying or to be able to do them. The soft skills that you get from working in them, like being able to talk to people, manage conversations, manage people's expectations when it comes to different things, and just the kind of the work ethic, the work ethic that it gives you to be able to, I don't know, just work with your managers, understand different people's viewpoints, I'd say any kind of work experience leads very well into an engineering role or a, a grad scheme role. That's great. And um, did you have any sort of projects on your degree as well that helped you develop any skills? Oh, definitely. So the, my degree was slightly different. So I did a master's degree, an MEng, but it was slightly different in that we, our dissertation was in our third year rather than our fourth year. And our fourth year was a group project. So, um, I mean, it was it was interesting not having dissertation first and then a group project because it gives you, first of all, your ability to be able to research and find out things, but then have to be able to do that in a team rather than by yourself. And there are quite a mix of personalities within the team. Some people were naturally quite reserved and very intelligent and wanting to do the more technical work. Other people were loud and wanting to do all the presentations but maybe not as strong on the technical side and it was just seeing different personalities work together and being able to kind of get the most out of everyone and also of course everyone's been in group projects there's always clashes there's always disagreeing but just being able to work with people with those differing opinions and kind of get something out at the end that was very successful I think we we, did, we had a good result from our graduate project and actually one of the members of the team went on to do a PhD with the same professors that we did, did it with. But again, so from that graduate project, we all went on to very different routes. I went on to a grad scheme. But, um, the person who was very technically minded went on to a PhD. 
And then the other two went on to graduate jobs rather than grad schemes because they had a bit of a clearer direction to what they wanted to do. Um, so thank you, Ursula. So would you say um, those skills that you just mentioned there about kind of working in teams um, and dealing with conflict, etc., have those proved useful um, in your current role at Schneider? Yes, definitely. I think because, especially in the role I'm in, because you are that middle person working with so many different people as well. So I'd be working with an engineer one day and then working with um, like a commercial lead the next day. So it's very different personality types that you are working with because there are personality types that naturally gravitate towards different jobs. And that's not to say if you have one personality type that you're automatically going to do one job and not the other. But we find that you tend to have, well, it tends to be if you're more, I don't know, outspoken and more of a people person, you're more likely to go into sales, for example. You're more analytical, maybe more of a technical or research role. So it's um, it's just being able to apply what what um, what I experienced within university with working that different type of team, especially on an engineering course, to then be working with those different teams, which are kind of more the embodiments of the different people. Um, who were on the course with me and doing the projects with me, uh, but actually having entire teams of them as well. So it, it is interesting and it's it's definitely transferable skills once you kind of learn how to take a step back and appreciate that maybe someone um, who isn't speaking up on a call, it isn't that they don't have something to contribute, it's that they're not the kind of person who would um, normally speak out unless they're addressed. But once you address them yourself, then you get the all the information that they were not keeping to themselves, but maybe a bit too shy to share. But then also, if you have someone who on a team who's constantly speaking over other people and making sure that their voice is the loudest, it that it, like having worked. Um, on projects and things where there were people like that it it just it lets you know how to be able to manage that and politely say oh thank you I value your opinion that's been very useful but can we just get someone else's opinion on this as well and so everyone in the group has shared their thoughts Absolutely. And, and apart from those sort of teamwork skills, um, what other sort of transferable skills do you think are essential to your role at the moment? Definitely critical thinking. So having, having done an engineering degree, it's all about being faced with a problem that you don't know the answer to at the minute, but then you have all the tools in your back pocket to be able to identify a way forward with the problem and find the right people to speak to or the right knowledge that you've already got. Maybe you've got a, a database that has a lot of the information, how to be able to manipulate that into the information you need. So I'd say definitely problem solving. And also just the fact that an engineering degree I find kind of teaches you how to learn. It teaches you how to be constantly faced with new concepts or new things that you've not come across before, but then to be able to, I don't know, pinpoint different little tiny bits of it that you are familiar with and to work on those and to take something where you maybe have a very, a very short brief on it and be able to extend it into something that's usable and you get to the end product eventually.
Fantastic. So it sounds like your degree really um, helped you prepare for kind of your current job, which is great. Definitely. Um, so my next question is around sort of rejection, which is something that kind of all job seekers face eventually. Yeah. Um, what would you say to students and graduates who might have faced professional rejection, so not hearing back from employers or having their applications be unsuccessful? How do you think um, job hunters can deal with rejection in a constructive way? Um, I think the best way is to think of it as not only, well, not necessary. it's not necessary that you weren't right for the role. It might be that the company's not right for you either. So when I first started looking out for, um, for graduate roles, there was a company who I had thought for maybe about a year and a half that, um, that they were the company I wanted to work for and that I would be great in their organization. But then when it came to it, um, I got the interview, got past the assessment center, but I just, I had a bad feeling about it. Not that the company was bad, but I just didn't feel like I was a good fit for it anymore. And then ultimately I did feel the interview and it was quite hard because I'd had my mind set on it for quite a while if that was what I wanted to do. But then of course I, was, I picked myself up, started um, looking for other jobs and different roles, applying for different things. And I started to have interviews where I felt a lot more comfortable within the company. And of course I failed some of those as well. There's only so many places and there are so many good engineering students in the world. But the, the key thing was that whenever I went into the Schneider interview, I, the questions I was asked and the, kind, the way the assessment center was carried out, like I enjoyed it. I actually, I knew that I wanted to work for the company and the, the back and forth I got from the interviewers and the people on the day, it was all very positive. And I could tell that it was a company that I would drive for. I was right fit for them, but also they were the right fit for me. But at the same time, you could see people on the day who'd lost interest in the assessment center because it wasn't the company for them. Yes, they gave it a go and they had the engineering experience, but ultimately they weren't going to get the job because neither was right for each other. So I'd say definitely don't take rejection to heart. There'll be a reason why, but also just ask. So interviewers will, or companies will normally tell you where you went wrong in the interview or what wasn't right with it. Always take that information because it could be that they say that, or we're looking for someone with these skills and find other people who are stronger in it. Or it could be that, um, that they say that we just didn't feel like we would make the most of your skills. Or it could be a nerves thing as well, or just the way you carried yourself in the interview. But it always gives you, gives you just some information to be able to work on and improve for the next one. Amazing. So what you're really saying there is that it's it's like a two-way process and if you're rejected it's it's probably because you know you weren't the right fit for them um or they weren't the right fit for you as well. <laughs> yes, definitely. Fantastic. And from those companies that you thought when you were in the interview you thought okay this doesn't feel right. I'm, I feel a bit uncomfortable. I don't think this is the company for me. Can you pinpoint what it was about the, the company and that made you sort of feel like that? Um, I guess it was a few different things. Um, I guess one of the main ones was 
how the interview was carried out and the kind of the regimen to it. It it was very much um, they give you an introduction and then it's all down to you. There was no back and forth. There was no conversation. So the interviews that went well ended up being um, they introduce a topic and then you talk about it back and forth. Like I like, I quite like that conversational style. I don't really want to go into an interview and expect to have to monologue. Or there was one as well where they set you down and it was immediately, okay, you're just in the door, not write a one hour essay. And that just wasn't the kind of company that I wanted to work for. I wanted to work for a company that was open and conversational, but also that ones where the assessment centers were kind of team-based where they gave you maybe, there was the Schneider, Schneider one actually, where they gave you a database of information, gave you a few um, different criteria of things to look at. And then within the team kind of make a few um, posters and not you know, posters, but like charts and informational graphs and everything on it. So it was a lot more analytical rather than just sit down and write for an hour and see what you end up with. <laughs> so it's almost like the interviews giving you clues as to what the company culture would be like, whether they're like collaborative or whether you would work a lot on your own or whether you work in teams. Um, how like yeah. dynamic it would be. Yeah, definitely. And also the way they expect you to be able to work as well. It's short, well, short time frames is it's going to be the same in every job. But if everything is quick and demanding, you may not get, as, get a chance to do as many kind of big picture things as well, which was kind of the impression I got from the company that I didn't work out with. Really interesting. Thank you. Um, so my next question is about um, exploring sort of different career opportunities because I know that you said that you tried a few things and, and you got to do your rotations on the graduate scheme. Is there one thing in particular you would encourage students and graduates to keep in mind when exploring potential career opportunities and creating connections with employers? Yeah, so I would say definitely try things that you think you're not right for. So if you're, um, if say if you've started on a graduate job or a graduate scheme, definitely pick a rotation that's outside your comfort zone. So something you would naturally gravitate towards because even if for four months, you're not the best at the job, you're, you're not like, it, it's not what you want to be doing at the end of the day. You'll learn so many skills from it that will be transferable to other things. And also you may, you may end up in that role and realize I, that you never knew that you wanted to do it, but suddenly it's a good fit for you because maybe you didn't understand what the job fully entailed or, um, or what could be done with it or what the career progression afterwards would look like. So I know a lot of people who on the graduate scheme after the rotations go, went into a job where Yes, it wasn't their ideal job, but they chose it because they saw the next step up was going to be something that they really wanted to do. So I guess just kind of keep an open mind, but also make sure that you're talking to everyone in the company. So in my experience, and definitely within Schneider, what I find is people are very accepting of graduates kind of reaching out to them for information and help and to be able to give them more work to do. So if you can reach out to other people who 
maybe um, or more senior in the company and just say, look, I'm not sure what your job is. Could you explain it to me? And do you have any kind of small projects that I can work on? It gives you an idea of what that role is, but it also makes that um, connection with the more senior person. And people tend to remember the people who offer them help. So if you're going to someone and it's like, what can I do that makes your life a little bit easier now? They'll remember that. And if it is a team you want to go into in the long run, it'll put you in a very good light. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. So, like, keep um, sort of networking, asking for information, and, and offering to help to sort of put yourself in in the best possible light for future opportunities. Definitely. And even just talk to people at the coffee machine. Just speak to as many people as you can within the company, and you'll soon find out what's best for you. Yeah, and I also really liked what you said there about sort of taking risks and taking something that you. It's a bit outside your comfort zone that you you know wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards but could be a really interesting fit for you definitely fantastic thank you so my final question is what would you say are the three skills that are necessary to succeed in your industry three skills um i would say definitely be a problem solver um learn how to work with other people. I mean, even if you do go into a very engineering role, you'd be dealing with everyone from apprentices who are new in the system to the most senior engineers who've been there for 40 years. So just the range of personalities you get in that, within that. And then also the communication skills are very key. So very often engineering seems to be more of a um, of a kind of do-it-yourself job, but you, you need to be able to communicate within teams and being able to, I don't know, get your point across and speak to, well, all the time the engineers to be the ones on site talking to the customers sometimes as well. So being able to feed that information back and kind of make changes within the organization that go along with that. Fabulous, so problem solving, teamwork and communication. Mm-hmm, definitely. Excellent. Oh, thank you so much, Ursula. What What does the rest of the day hold for you? Oh, the rest of the day is not too bad. We're actually um, planning for a webinar that we've got coming up next week and um, just a few other meetings and calls. I've got um, a few spreadsheets to be looking at and a few calls to be on, but a pretty decent day all in all. Fantastic. And is that a, a customer webinar? Yeah, so we're doing a series of webinars, actually, which is around um, kind of our, our we have a company story. So our company story has pillars of like efficiency, sustainability, resilience, safety and remote everything. So we're doing a webinar series around the five of those and putting all of our products and systems within that to kind of show how it all works together to be able to, to drive out all those end values. So the customer webinars start next week and then run for until I think end of July. Fantastic. Oh, well, good luck with it. And thank you again so much for coming on the podcast today. Thank you very much for having me. It's been great fun.